0: Quick Slants, the podcast, is brought to you by Nissan. Get to Nissan for big model year-end savings on the last of our 2018s. Shop ChooseNissan.com today. That's ChooseNissan.com today. Today on Quick Slants, the podcast, the fourth preseason game is upon us. Does it even matter? Jimmy Garoppolo, if he were here and Tom Brady was not, would the Patriots even stand a chance? Finally. Josh McDaniels, The Interview, coming up in the last five minutes of this podcast. So don't you move a muscle. And, of course, Quicksilence is brought to you by State and Liberty. This is a place that makes shirts, okay? They're shirts that are made for the guy with the athletic build. Mm. You've seen it before. You get a shirt— you got some big shoulders, you've been doing some push-ups, you've been doing some delt work. Next thing you know, you're big up top, but your shirt is also big in the middle where you're not. Mm -hmm. So you have a shirt that's a little bit billowy. Well, State and Liberty address that. you got two Michigan hockey guys who got together and made the best-fitting, most comfortable dress shirts for those guys with an athletic build. You're going to have a little more room in the upper body, nice taper at the waist. It's going to leave minimal fabric down low around the belly, and look. Because you don't have to dry clean these things, Phil, the shirts are going to pay for themselves over time, especially those dress shirts. I saw yours. You got a nice one. I have a nice one with some purple checks, and I love that thing. They have a no-questions-asked return policy and offer free returns and exchanges. So go to stateandliberty.com. That is state and, spell that out, A-N-D, liberty.com. Type in the code QUICK, and you're going to get 15% off your first order. How's that
1: sound? Sounds like a deal.
2: 15% off. Mm.
1: Smart. It and we will have smart situate listeners. my
2: six pack, yeah. But Ain't you can couldn't... still wear it with a one pack, the keg that you have. You can still wear it. You I'm look good. in good shape. You're in great shape. But to me. That shirt makes you look better. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what it does. Like brings you in a little bit. It's like it a, does. It's like a Spanx type of shirt. You know, Spanx. I... Yeah, yeah. Don't you wear spanks? Have you ever looked around
0: the NFL at other guys who retire and see the body changes they go through?
2: Oh, of course. Like, have you seen Tony Baselli? I remember. Are oh, you talking about? after you retire. Look at Seabass. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, after they retire. Yeah. You you've trimmed out. I know Baselli well, he's small. But he got he went through a stage where he got big. Fat first? Yes. Yeah, so we don't use the word fat, but no fat shaming on this podcast. But he got heavy. He was heavy. He was stout? He was very stout.
1: Well stout for a six eight guy or whatever.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know the thing about it, how about you want to talk about body transformation? Do you remember Brian Waters? Yes. Waters. Yeah. Guard, all pro guard, probably Hall of Fame guard. We kept track of
1: his I Remember, mm-hmm. we kept saying, Brian. "You don't think he'll be a Hall of Famer?" Will he be? He probably well, was ten he times. Was, he's he was was a
2: ten
0: time Pro bowler. bowler,
1: bunch of times. Oh, probably I didn't know that. Ten, probably I didn't eight eight know that. Times. I didn't know that. It was Will if Shields, Shields. If he's in the seven to Will ten range, Shields, range, he's got a chance.
2: Oh, Will Shields. Uh,
1: Brian was a kid Waters, from, uh, and there was another guy. The, on the kid
2: from uh, Hutchinson. No, not Hutchinson. He was Steve at Steve Hutchinson. He was in Seattle.
0: Oh, all right. Well I'm talk, talking about all pro. I'm talking about on that eat Kansas eat
2: a City a offense a line. Yeah, so he's Pizza a eat, day or something. Yeah, He came in as a fullback. He was like 240 pounds. They told him to pick up like 30 pounds. He told me he would eat an entire pizza and drink like you know six beers every night to pick up the weight, turn into an all pro guard. So strong. One really? of the strongest one of one of the strongest human beings. You will ever meet.
1: So, kids, all you got to do to become an all-pro borderline no, a hall, say, uh,
2: come on, a hall of fame guard. 21-year-old.
1: Pizza a day and six-pack of beer. They he made up, uh, six that's Pro root Bowls. beer. That's six root Pro beer. Bowls, and he was a first-team all-pro in 2004. I would say he's that's right not on the line. He's close, but it's enough. probably not going to be enough. No. But very good player. Great career. And he won a Super Bowl what, here? So what happened but with his... He not, win a Super no, he no. Not what happened with his... Did his body go under? No, no, I was. Oh, you're transformation. saying early in his career? Yeah, but
2: even like Seabass now is 230 pounds. He oh awesome. was
1: It's crazy.
2: Yeah, but the thing about it, when then he was he playing, he had to eat the dozen eggs. Same thing with me. Like, I had to eat a lot. Yeah. To,
1: Solder's the same way. Solder's, Solder's like. going to really shrink when he retires. Oh, I think. yeah. He told when, me. When you retire, you'll get. He big. told me he. I did a story on nutrition. I don't think I ever talked to you. You probably avoided nutrition. me for that story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was really good. Patriots Nutrition. Uh, Nate Solder told me, he's like, what's the uh, what's the old plan for bodybuilders in terms of protein intake? It's like a gram per pound of One body weight. One and a weight. half grams. One and a half? Well, he said he was double. So this is a 315-pound guy who's he eating to have 600 630 grams of protein, grams of protein When a I was day. playing,
2: I would eat 10 to 12, like a dozen boiled eggs in the morning. Oof. That's wow. a lot. Yeah. That Does guy, that do uh, anything to lot. your stomach or to your further down than just that? It's made my farts stink. <laughs> it's like crazy. You talk about eggy farts. It's like whoa. Oh,
1: sorry, sorry for the No, you'd have to get a new yeah, car right. all the time. It's all about the protein. You do the whole egg too, not just the whites. Whole egg. Yeah,
2: that's well, the most rate rate Every dude. once in a while, every once in a while, I would do the egg whites. So, man. Yeah, but you're right. The yellow and the cholesterol thing is a little. That's a lot like of key.
1: cholesterol. Well, that's because all the
2: keto stuff that you got me going on, which actually works great. You know the thing about it.
1: I think what they say though is isn't like the cholesterol that you eat doesn't actually translate exactly, to, to cholesterol exactly. in your body. That
2: stuff changes every day. I I wake up on Monday, it's like have one drink, have one glass of whiskey a day. I wake up on Tuesday, they're like, have Don't four. have one don't have <laughs> don't one have any. don't have Zero. any alcohol yeah. whatsoever. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Yeah. What I'm not confused about is this fourth preseason game. This fourth preseason game where guys are fighting for those last Four spots.
0: Did you hear that? It's a tremendous gear change, yeah. and I love it because I argue that, look, we're not getting anything out of that in terms of it being presented as an event that in any way, and I know that you're not contest, contending that it is, but it has no value to, to the fans. to the fans. Minimal value to a few position coaches. No value to 35 members of the 90 players who are
2: out there who've already got their position locked up. But they're not even, they're working on week one. This is a, this is a recoup week. We're recouping okay. from camp. So those players, the other, so, so this the week other fans, your, okay. the other fans, fans that can't afford to go to the season opener or a regular season game, get a little cheaper deal right here. And then those five spots that are just up in the air, this is a real thing. So for people to just to throw this game out of the wind, it's there for a reason. That's what I'm
1: saying. It's there for a reason, but if it went away, would anyone care? Fans certainly would not. I don't think, unless there are fans would out there where there care? are kids that are like, uh, it's the only time they're going to chance to get the, to get, a, uh, get to a you game?" Guys don't would love players the kids. care? Yes, I think they would. The, the guys that are on the back, end of the, oh, for, the back for, end of the roster. This
2: is a bye week. This is a bye week essentially for the back end of the roster guys. I know, but this is a bye week essentially for the starters. So yes. it gives them a chance to recoup from the hard training camp. Yep, you know, semi-hard training camp. <laughs> and on the back end of the roster it's a chance for these guys to showcase their talents not only they for they should have the, done it by now not only for
0: they should have done it by now only, you had your shot yeah, but, but there it. Was listen some close it's, it's, you only get four
2: opportunities well listen those guys on the back end of the roster they only get two opportunities to really showcase their talents for other teams so when mm. the guys get cut from the pre- from from the roster from the patriots a lot of teams are like hmm who, who can I snag to figure out that culture over there with the Patriots? But when you think about it, those guys only play the first game, and they play the fourth game. The second and third game, your starters play a lot of, a lot of those snags. Right. All right,
0: so you mentioned there's value for those players. I'm just saying. And I'm not, just saying. And it's fair to say. However, if the NFL were to remedy what they look at as an issue with the fourth preseason game not having as much value, what would you think would be the best remedy to that situation, Gerard?
2: The best remedy for, for
0: use the, for a useless exhibition game. How would I don't you? Think how it's would useless, you, so okay, that's a I, feel I, question. I
2: don't think it's useless. I don't.
0: If either. the NFL tweaked, <laughs> if the NFL tweaked its twenty game schedule, sixteen regular season and four preseason games to make it the most to make it eighteen lucrative. Two? Do you like well, that? It'd be
2: eighteen and two. You got to pay the players, or should it
0: be seventeen and two?
2: I think they're already leaning towards that. But I think the 18 and two, that is a long season. Now if you're taking into account, you know, fantasy football, people will probably love it, the gambling aspect of it, they don't mind the extended season, but I think you still have to keep, you know, you know, top of mind is, listen, oversaturation. We already have football on Sunday, on Monday, on Thursday, college football on Saturday, right? So it's like. There's a fine line between... And think about this. You only have two preseason games. The first four games of the season, just like we saw when we took 2 days out, are... I mean, you talk about... For the purists out there, not the people on fantasy football, Mm -hmm. for the purists who like the X's and O's and like to see the battles and like to see, you know, just football played at a high level, you're not going to see that the first four games of the regular season with only two preseason games not
1: happening. And that's you're something to st- we'll talk about. You're not even the getting end. it with four preseason games.
2: Exactly my point. Yeah, because the yeah. two days were gone. Now it's gonna be even worse.
1: Yeah. I think you're right. But I think Worse that's a-
2: the first time he's ever said I, I was right on it's unbelievable. Entire, this is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Podcast it's unbelievable. over. To it must be that State and Liberty T-shirt that has it's got you me feeling, feeling good. Has you Just feeling, good. feeling
1: positive,
0: yeah. feeling that's fresh what we're gonna have time. at the end. Of Josh McDaniels Man. will address exactly that. How much of the regular season until Columbus Day is continuing to be preparation? As you see, what other teams are doing to try and negate what your chess pieces are doing. The
1: one thing you might be able to do. I'm going to give these guys credit because they brought it up. It was Beetle really on the Beetle and Zolak no program. Way it up. No way. On 985, the Sports Hub. If you do go to 18 regular season games, push the start of the season. I think he wants to keep the season starting where it is typically starting. But then if you maybe give a bye week, either go two extra games or give a bye week and one extra game. President's Day. You finish the Super Bowl That's on President's Day wants. weekend. And yeah. that would be pretty, pretty nice for yeah. fans
0: who don't want to have to work the Monday after the Super the Bowl. The NFL has been dying to try and figure a way to get that done. And I think that is their, their ultimate remedy for it. Because then you go, boom. And then the next thing you know, you are into the Combine virtually right. the next week, which right. makes it a bitch for the coaches. Oh, yeah. Oh, I totally. Mean, you talk about the families. I, I
2: see it from a different lens, right? I see it from like... I see it from the fans' perspective. don't really play fantasy. I can't really see it from that perspective. But I understand. But from the coach's perspective, from the player's perspective, it's a lot. And I know they're getting paid handsomely. And people will say, well, how many people in corporate America get four weeks off or five weeks off? I totally get that. But you're also not running into a brick wall for 18
0: weeks. And you know what? If you're a staff, if you're a low-level coach, how how often, if you're affixed to a coach— which is what oftentimes mm-hmm. you know, younger coaches do—they affix themselves to a coach. If the coach you're affixed to happens to be, you know, Hugh Jackson or Ben McAdoo or somebody else, your longevity is not going to be that great, and you've just put in. You should
2: get a fix to a guy like Jeff Fisher, where you can go eight and eight and survive for twenty years in this league.
1: It would be it would be really hard Jeff on Fisher the really Ramora. good teams. The really good teams would pay the price for this because you would be playing deep into playing every deep. single season. Yeah, which teams is, that aren't making the playoffs, it's like okay, whatever. They're still was, getting one their of the flip off. sides
0: with Bill Belichick and his um, that I've always thought about whether or not it runs through his mind when he can be cantankerous with the media. Hmm, love that okay, word. he might suck with the media on a regular basis, but he also has to meet with them for the wild card for the divisional playoff week. He has to, you know, do the dog and pony show for AFC Championship. He has to do it for the Super Bowl. So when he comes to the owner's meeting and says two in the air to sitting at the breakfast, I think there's probably something why do I have to jump through this hoop too? I just jumped through all the other hoops for you guys.
2: But does it add to the parody of the league that everyone always talks about where it's like, listen – these guys are playing until, you know, President's Day. They, they, they're obvious, obviously starting behind the curve. Everyone yeah, you can't else is,
0: scout the free agents the you same can't, way.
2: You can't scout the free agents So every single year you're going to have new teams emerge because they just had more time.
0: You know what? The best thing to do in that case to guard against your team retreating is to have a player like Tom Brady at the quarterback position because that consistency at the quarterback position is the healing situation. When we look at the 2018 Patriots – Offensively, it's not the same complement of players that ended the year. Deion Lewis is gone. He was tremendously productive. Brandon Cooks put up numbers for him was a factor. Nate Solder was a good player. Okay? I'm missing one other. Danny Amendola which I should
2: not be missing. Yeah, but, but you what, can't use a all guy I'm saying like is, Danny Amendola. You're swapping them out with a guy like Julian Edelman. You're swapping these guys. Like Even when Dion first saying, arrived, people weren't like, whoa, Dion Lewis, you got to.
0: But you've guy. lost those guys. Tom Brady is the guy who was the band-aid to all of that. If Tom Brady weren't here, if all the people out there would say, well, I should have gotten rid of Tom and kept Jimmy, because Jimmy's going to be better down the road. What do you think the 2018 season will look like at the beginning? because Brady is able to just hit the ground running.
2: The thing I love about football, it is truly a team sport. And I know you're going to say it's great to have that steady helm at the quarterback position, but at the same time, if you don't have guys going out there ready to execute, running the right routes, like, none of this happens. Well, then why, the did, they are, so why the did they miss Dante Hightower so much? Why did they miss you so much? Are, what's their record without Tom?
0: Don't give me that eleven. What is five, their record shit. without
2: time? I'm just asking. Eleven and
0: five with Matt Castle in a such a down AFC I'm that year just that they couldn't
2: even make the playoffs. And the, they the four games that he was suspended, games. they went three and one. The four games he was suspended as well. It got progressively worse during that stretch too. The, to the point where they got shut out by Rex games, Ryan and the Phil. They were suspended. He was suspended. Tagging. They still. This is a good team, and I think it started. Then I, why
0: was it a big deal when Hightower went out and they sucked after that? My
2: thing is when last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they progressively got better as the season went on. They ended up the season top five in scoring defense.
0: Mm, they played a lot of shitty games. Hey,
2: obviously, you go down before you go up. Even when I got hurt, they sucked for three weeks and then they got better. They won the Super Bowl without me. I wasn't going to mention that. Part. No, I'm just telling you. You're going to take a. Obviously, there's going to be bumps in the road as you work with the communication, you work with that, new that personnel. talent. Listen. And,
0: and I don't want to go too to far. Talent. It is good to have talent, and when when it gets really, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, and you're playing really good teams, you can beat up on some teams that are not nearly as good as you because you put the heat on them with your own offense.
2: But you don't. That's not your fault, first of all. Second, no, it's all, not. You don't, don't let me
0: know finish. who's going to be good. But let me finish. When you look at what happened in the playoffs last year, they beat the snot out of Tennessee. Shouldn't even have been on the field with them. But it got a little harder the next week when it got ratcheted up on there. Offense by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they kind of barely survived. And then the same thing, a little bit, I think, in the Super Bowl.
1: I agree. If the question is what is the team, what would the team look like with Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Tom Brady? Is that the question? Is that what we're getting to? I'm
0: driving at this year as much as any since 2013. You're going to see the value of Tom Brady.
1: Um, I agree with that. I. Don't agree with the fact that this is like a ragtag bunch around Tom Brady right now. I, I exactly. think they have plenty of talent. They have the best tight end of the world. They have a very good pass catching running back in James White, who I know looked like poo when Gerard first met him. When when was that? Twenty yeah. fourteen was that his rookie year? Isn't that what we said?
2: So proud of that guy.
1: I mean, he's just gotten so, he's gotten so dependable, so reliable. Yeah. Julian Edelman will be back after a month. I think the first month is going to be hard. But not just because the receiving core is thin. It's because you're dealing with some injuries at running back, too. If the running backs were okay, I would say, don't worry about it. Rex Burkhead can play in the slot. Sony Michelle looks like he can play day one. But these guys have missed so much time, and they've dealt with so many injuries, and they're still dealing with injuries, that I look at this and I say, ooh, this might be Brady, Cronk, and I don't know what else the first, right. four, first four weeks. And I, I would say, Tom... I'm not banking on this offense looking really good the first four weeks,
0: even with Tom Brady. And that's and that's the point I'm trying to make is that yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo went five and zero in San Francisco, and he went two and two, or basically was on his way to two and zero. Did they beat Miami? Yeah, they did.
1: Yeah, oh, well, they were killing him. They yeah, they were killing them. They, they ended up winning. Yeah,
0: and they beat Arizona on the road. Right. But over the course of time, Brady just covers up so many ills, and he's going to be asked to do that this year. I agree with that. And I don't know how easily he will do that.
1: And I don't know how, how good Jimmy Garoppolo is going to look in San Francisco this year. Like, There's going to be a regression there as well. I don't know how Gerard feels about oh, this. Oh, I, I but totally when, agree. But when you're a defense, like from your perspective, Jimmy Garoppolo has five games on tape with this team now. You, could, you spent all offseason. If you're in that division, if you're the Rams or the Seahawks or the Cardinals, you know what he does now. You know what the offense looks like. The issues that he presented at the end of last season – won't be as exotic. They won't be as new to the defenses that he's playing, and those defenses are going to be much more prepared for what the 49ers do with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think there will be a regression with him.
2: I totally agree. And the law of large numbers will tell you, like, he's going to regress a little bit. But but going like even when you look at just the numbers, like, forget the wins, okay? We get it. He went 5-0. and You look at the numbers, they weren't that impressive. I think it was like six touchdowns and five picks. Mm-hmm. So that's not like wow. This is the next Tom Brady, right? It's all about protecting the football. Right. We'll see what happens, and I hope Jimmy goes out and, and plays well. Sure. But I'm, I, I agree with you. There. It's
0: all about protecting the football. I think it's about protecting himself too. And and when you look at the Kiko Alonso hit that drove him out in 2016, that was a preventable situation. It was. He threw it off his back foot. Yeah. There were, it was a third down. Just that's young throw Jimmy the, G. Throw the thing out of bounds. He's still taking the
1: hits though. It. it to his credit, he's made some ridiculous throws. If you follow Brian preseason Baldinger well? on Twitter, he's amazing at just breaking down all twenty-two and picking out plays. Jimmy Garoppolo has made some phenomenal throws, not only at the end of last season, but this year's preseason, as he's taking shots. And so, it's all well and good that he's making accurate throws as he's staying in the pocket and about to be hit, but he's still being
2: hit. You never want to see so a quarterback taking important those, those to shots try to though. avoid. It's yes. like Cam Newton. It's what like, I'm what saying. are you doing? Like you've been playing for twenty that years. Was and you just week? jump yeah you're just jumping around landing on your head it's like first of all you're not seeing it's i want to see my quarterback go out there and throw 10 for 12 it's not like wow this guy went out 10 for 12 because they're not seeing exotic defenses now if i'm i'm if i'm a colts fan and and luck is out there having a hard time against vanilla defense i'm like Now there's a problem. Uh, uh, It's uh, like alert, alert. Even seeing Jimmy G get hit in the preseason that often, like how many times did Tom get hit? Honestly, how many times did Tom get hit hit in the
1: second preseason game against the Eagles on that touchdown throw to Chris Hogan? That you can
2: remember.
1: But A there's couple not that of times, exactly,
2: yeah. because he's not seeing anything. There's nothing really to sit there and dissect. And I know people will say, "Well, it's Tom Brady." Well, well, well. No, you're seeing cover one, cover three, and cover two. That's, that's all you're seeing. Uh,
0: meanwhile, we will hear every single preseason next year included. Hopefully, Brady will be here for that one and the one after him, one after that. Like, get him out of there! He's gonna get hurt. He shouldn't be playing. Why is he out in the field playing football in practice game? What Sounds voice like that? Sound like that dude
1: from uh, Police Academy? Like from Swamp Scott. It's that guy from Police Academy? I feel like
2: people I, I don't even not know
1: it. I've never even
0: been to Swamp Scott, but that's a a guy from Swamp
1: Scott? <laughs> Swamp Scott?
0: Huh. Isn't uh El Perez from Pro F- Swamp Scott?
1: Uh I think he's I think he is. Yeah. Swamp Scott.
2: Swampskit. It's Swamp Is it Swampskit?
1: Yeah. That's how they pronounce it. Yeah. Like Woosta. Yeah. Like Peabody.
2: Peabody. Peabody. Right. right. Peabody. I used to say Peabody when I first got up here. People were like ready to crucify me. Peabody! <laughs> you ain't from around here. <laughs> I'm like I'm like, I'm not. I'm definitely not.
0: Uh, <laughs> any concerns over where the Patriots' performance level was at last week in the third preseason game vis-a-vis the regular season?
2: You know, not really. You know, you kind of hit on this on the show a little bit. It's like the things that they went out there and, uh, you know, had trouble with. These are like minor things that they could definitely fix by week one. I
0: looked at that game, Phil, and you were down there in, in Carolina. I want to hear your input on that and also – is it hard sometimes to grade a player when he's in tremendous coverage position, like Gilmore is? Oh, I don't and then hurt they him throw for. Throw it in his arm. Yeah, the, the armpit. back
1: shoulder throw where Gilmore's with the guy stride for stride, and they still complete it. There, what do you do? There, uh, you, there's nothing we'll, else you but can we'll do. We
0: will still hear on talk radio. Well, I mean, the player uh, allowed two catches for right. 56, yards. and he did. I just don't love the player. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he did. I just you can't hold that against him. I would say the good and the bad from that game for me was the good Philip Dorsett. He looked like somebody that can be a dependable receiver for Tom Brady. He's going to have to be. He's going to be the number two. I think he's going to be seeing a lot of the same types of plays and routes that Julian Edelman would run playing on the inside there. That's a positive. The fact that they connected the way they did Brady looked for him on a fourth down play. All, all good there. I would say the bad, honestly, for me, and I know you got to get this guy reps and you got to get him tackled and you got to get him um, as many plays as possible before he's suspended, but... I would have liked to see Julian Edelman get more work with Brian Hoyer than with Tom Brady. Make Tom Brady play without Julian Edelman. He's not going to have him for a month. That's the guy's security blanket. I know you got to get him ready for the full My season. My flip
0: side to that was you had to move the chains. And unfortunately, yes, Edelman, you're right. Edelman, and I watched him again in drills the other day. There was a drill going on where he was coming through, and they were hitting him with a couple of batakas and throwing a, a dish rag in his man. You ever seen those things? Mm. I'll show you later. They're great. They're like big. Killers, das. Swords. Um, he couldn't catch the ball.
1: He's had he's trouble had with drops really all summer. Holding the ball. All summer. So he had two more drops the other night. I know he's mad, mad at himself about that. But, um, yeah, I guess when I look at those, and it's like, you're right. I think three of his five targets, at least two, were on third down. Mm-hmm. And to me, I see that and say, okay, great. Like, we know you can do that. Can you go somewhere else?
0: Yeah, my other thing was they had to move the chains to get more players Yes, I get it. I get it.
1: You got to get your plays in.
0: Hey, you know what? We are going to now switch gears completely to a conversation I had with Josh McDaniels, which speaks about some of the same things that we discussed here. Uh, We had access to the assistant coaches, and I squeezed off a few to Josh. It's all about access. Karen Garigian at the end from the Boston Herald, zinging and zanging to get some information as to how Josh feels about this year's complement of players. So... Quick Slants coming at you every night of the week Beginning next Monday Monday, the McCordys Tuesday, Mayo Wednesday, there'll be another person in Thursday, another person will be huh. in And then on Friday Who are these people? There'll be all of us, except for these two I'm not We'll be in um, So Quick Slants, every single night It's going to be at 8 o'clock Every night of the week Don't So we can look, look, look forward to that and We appreciate you joining us Here's Josh McDaniels, of course Quicklance the podcast brought to you by Nissan and State and Liberty please go to stateandliberty.com a n d is spelled out and uh, type in the code quick at checkout to receive 15% off your first
2: order i'll be honest i don't think you could put the ampersand in the url uh, probably wouldn't work so you don't have so to spell that say thing out. and, and like, well okay. sometimes people oh, think it's n sometimes you know think it's
1: just the letter n
0: Come we're still on we're still on i know people can hear
2: thanks state and liberty i'm out
0: josh go ahead to ask a question about continuity and experience. Bill has spoken in the past, and you probably have too, about the fact that when you encounter things that could be challenges, you can say to the player, hey, you know what, we've done this, we've dealt with this, we can actually go back and try and do that. And I talk about that with Tom with the perceived depth issues that mm-hmm. there might be a receiver or a running back or anywhere, that you can say, you know what, we know how to skin this cap, we've done yeah. this before.
3: I think you can... I think sometimes it gets overrated, but I think there's definitely some times where you can lean on an ex- a prior experience and say, you know, we, we, we've handled this before, you know, and, and when that happened, here's what we did, and we, you know, we were, we were okay, you know. Um, I, to me, I always believe there's a way to do whatever you want to do, and like I said, our job on offense is to score, so we go out there, and we go out there for only one reason, some weeks we might look different than others you know we've been very uh, fortunate that we've had personnel and uh, available to us to be able to change from week to week based on injury um an opponent you know a strength and a weakness of an opponent scheme something that they do well that we don't want to be you know facing a whole lot um and we're willing to do that and and bill gives us the confidence to try to go ahead and do that you know as we need to and our players know that. That's how we practiced all year. We practiced that way starting in the first you know, first day of the spring through training camp. And one day is not the same as the next. And so, to me, in the regular season, if we're ever faced with that, we kind of roll with the punches.
0: You find out something in OTAs, I would guess. You find out something in training camp and then the preseason games. But... Is the learning curve accelerated once the first game start? Where you really start finding out about your team and what you can do and what you can't do, or, do you, or does it change? I guess it always seems to me that you don't even really know what you got until Columbus Day at huh? least.
3: Well, I think I think you you know a lot about who you have on your team. Um, I think we haven't prepared for a game the way we're going to prepare. For the first game of the season yet, so whenever you embark on that, that's always a new experience. Um, not that our players will be startled by what that's going to be like, because they've kind of started to do that each day in, in in camp. But now we have a one we have one target, not mm-hmm. the New England Patriot defense, not the Panthers, not the Eagles, you know, there's a lot of things you're trying to tackle in training camp. When you get to the regular season, you know, it narrows itself. You know, your focus is on one team, one scheme, one group of players. That's it. There's nothing else you're worried about. And so I think that gives everybody an advantage to, you know, to now I'm not worried about ten things. I've got to do these four things really well. Just win that game. Yeah, win that game and move on to the next one, you know. And whatever the – and I've said this a number of times, each week, I think my mindset is, we have a bucket and in our bucket we have the players that are available to us and the scheme that we know how to use and they have a bucket and they have their players and they have their scheme and our job is to beat them somehow some way i don't care how we have to do it
0: one last mm-hmm. question on this mm-hmm. is when they start pulling shit out of their bucket and putting it down and you've got your stuff out of your bucket mm-hmm. you know you who who wants to, do you want to be imposing your will with your chess pieces or do you like to be reactionary? Oh, this is what they're doing. Good, cool.
3: Well, you always want to try to, you always want to try to dictate as best you can. It's always a good position to be in if you're forcing the issue. Um, but in football, inevitably, that's impossible to do the entire game or the entire season. Or you know, sometimes it changes within a possession. And I think that you know you have to be able to, you know, at the same time you're trying to. You know, dictate what's going on, you may have to react and you may have to do something different. You know, I mean, whether it's an injury, I mean, Cooks goes down in the Super Bowl and all of a sudden, you know, now it's a little bit of, there's moving parts. Do we want to change personnel? Do we want to do this? Do to do this? And you start to, to, to do things and they might seem like small things, but could effectively change what you want to do. So I think you got to be ready to do both. You always want to try to push the issue. You always want to try to dictate as best you can. But you know, in the National Football League, great players, great coaches on the other side, inevitably they're going to force you to change something because they're stopping what you're doing.
0: Bouncing off Tom just Last a second.
3: Here. Do
0: you feel like you have the chess pieces to be chameleon like week
1: to week? I
3: always, Powered I always feel that way. I always feel that way. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm, we, we have, we have a, a great group of people in our room that give us a lot of flexibility. And whatever we think we have to do to win that week, that's what we're going to try to do. And their attitude's going to be great. They're going to embrace the approach, whatever that might be.
1: That's and it, we're
3: going to work really hard uh, to be as best we can. we take the field on Sunday to be able to execute it properly and win the game.